0: What's up, everybody? This is Moonshine Mark and uh, CC Stats sitting here. Shotgun Mulligan Podcast, another week. We got an awesome guest coming up here. How's it going, CC Stats? Going good, going good. Just a
1: nice, quiet, chilly evening. Staying warm, though. Got me something to drink.
0: what you drinking there, CC Stats?
1: Well, you know, I didn't want to buy a whole bottle because wanted to test it out. So I went with a little mini bottle of Knob Creek, which it's delicious knob i like knob
0: i'm pretty impressed it's a good so, choice yeah so i had me uh a little larceny earlier and then i just went back to the old uh you know just the regular four roses. not mm-hmm. even the small batch i tell you this is for a a cheaper go-to bourbon you know i think this is a, not even a 20 dollars bottle i think or maybe right at 20 bucks but i don't even think they
1: had the regular one in uh in my abc store they have the small batch which as we heard a couple of weeks ago, is very good. So,
0: yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I, you can even drink it, you know, on the rocks or, or neat if your stats. But uh, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all neat all the time lately, baby. <laughs> you're all in. So this week, everybody, we got Dylan Wu. He's an awesome Corn Fairy Tour player. Uh, we got a good chat with him on all things golf, his season, uh, this wraparound season, just some normal golf talk. Uh, he was a Northwestern. Collegiate golfer and uh, is doing very well on the Corn Ferry Tour. I believe he's 16th on the, uh, the top list here of points. So uh, uh, enjoy this interview with uh, Dylan Wu. Dylan, what's up, brother? How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. Appreciate no it. No problem. So, uh, congrats on last year, man, with the Corn Ferry. We were kind of looking up on your stats and everything, and um, I, I know I'd seen you um, through the years on you know, the Golf Channel and through the collegiate ranks and everything. And uh, had a had a nice season last year. How are you feeling going into this uh, wraparound with the Corn Ferry? Yeah, I mean, last
2: year was great. Uh, it was my second year in the Corn Ferry. Um, yeah, luckily we have had a long off season, so we start up in about ten days. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been nice to have some time off. But I think it was, it was a little longer than we expected, just because uh, the tournaments outside the country weren't happening this year. But um, no, I think I think um, I'm excited to start up in uh, about 10 days. So no, we have a tournament in Florida, but then we have three weeks after that. After that, so basically, still have like a month and a half, a month and a, a little bit till like the, the bulk of the season starts. So no, it's, it's definitely gonna be um excited to start again.
1: Talk about that Monday qualifier this week. I see you tried to qualify for the uh, Waste yeah. Management. What a field that was. And, and yeah. congrats on playing so well. You're, I saw you were one out of the, the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think the Waste Management Monday is probably the hardest Monday um, to qualify for. That one in the farmers, there's just so many people that sign up for it. Um, it's like wintertime. It's nice here in Scottsdale, but there's only three spots versus four. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a lot of golf golfers that live in Scottsdale and there's a bunch of pre-qualifying sites so it's like 156 people for three spots um so you know you kind of need to kind of need to go low unless it's like a super hard day but um yeah I played fine um played well and got it close I had a 208 tee time which meant I had to come back the next morning to finish um but yeah I missed by one I kind of knew I was five under with three to play and I kind of knew I needed to get the seven to have a good chance of getting in the playoff if I buried the last three I probably knew I had a good chance of getting in or at least in like a four for three playoff but yeah it was close so no definitely definitely positive Monday qualifiers aren't easy so it's nice to be to be on the tour for sure Absol- absolutely I
1: see uh, one of your fellow Big Ten alum Nick Hardy uh got, yeah. the fi- got the final spot he was pretty pumped with his fist bumps out there yeah no
2: Nick's a good really good player yeah I've, I've been fortunate enough to to play against him all four years in college and then He's been kind of on the same trajectory um, on the Corn Ferry and stuff like that. He's a really good player. And he munded into Stoney a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, and, uh, yeah, finished 14th there. So, yeah, he's, he lives here in Scottsdale in the wintertime. So, I mean, nice. he's really familiar with, with Deep Sea Scottsdale. So um, I'm hoping he'll do well.
0: Good stuff. We'll be pulling for him. So how is Scottsdale out there? I've always wanted to go out there and play some golf. Uh, what's some good public tracks that you like to hit up um, out there?
2: Yeah, I mean, Scottsdale in the wintertime, especially with honestly, especially with COVID, like, it's just super busy. Like, I mean, Scottsdale's already a big destination in the winter for golf, like, snowbirds, people from everywhere just trying to play golf in good weather, and, um, yeah, there's a couple of good tracks in public golf courses. I mean, I think a lot of guys do like playing TPC um in the stadium, because, like, a normal year, basically from, like, November till February, like, the, the stadium, like, the stands are up everywhere. Like, this year... When I was practicing. I practiced at the Stadium a lot. Um, like 16 is the only hole that has like a little bit of stands, but like the entire golf course usually has like a has a bunch of stands because it hosts like 200,000 people in in one day. Um, it's a really cool, fleet feel. Like on the 16th hole of r three, it's nothing like it. If you take away the stands, like I played in the summertime when there's no stands, it's like a hundred sixty-five yard hole. It's really boring. Yeah, but that's but pretty it's, strange. <laughs> it's, it's like if you put sawgrass, grass, you put just grass around sawgrass, it'd be the most basic hole ever. Um, right. <laughs>
0: But yeah, there's some good tracks here.
2: The national championships at Greyhawk this year um, for college for college golf. Um, yeah, honestly, it's there's just there's I think a lot of people just come here for the weather, just because it's like that. Like today, it was like 75 degrees, sunny, not much wind, and people like playing in good weather. It's green. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of other public tracks that guys like to play. A lot of people like to stay in like the North Scottsdale area where TPC is, is um, the Boulders Golf Club. Um, McCormick Ranch, we play the Mondays. is a decent track. It's just, like, with COVID and everything, like, it's so busy that, like, playing golf is very expensive in Scottsdale in the wintertime, and it's just really busy. And, like, guys – guys. I mean, guys who in a normal year will play – will pay, like, $360, 400 to play at TPC Stadium before the waste or, like, right after, which is just, like, a crazy amount. Like It's nice. Like, Pebble is, like, $500 to play, and I think Pebble has – much more amazing views than say something in Scottsdale absolutely right um so
1: we've asked a couple other uh, guys we've interviewed on from the corn ferry it, just talk about you you have mentioned COVID a little bit and and you had a great year all considering the shutdown for you know three four months talk about that how that kind of affected you and and kind of got you once things got the start of the season then shut down and how things got back going
2: yeah, I mean, um, so last season, especially a year ago, a little over a year ago when the season started last year, I um, had a really good start to the year. I was playing well. Um, we were playing Bahamas, Colombia, Panama, and um, Mexico. And yeah, I mean, it was, I, I started off really well. Um, it was my second year on the Corn Ferry, and I started well. I had a lot of top 10s, um, almost won the first event in the Bahamas. But yeah, COVID, when COVID hit. Like, honestly, the guys who were playing well at the beginning of the season, we kind of thought it was going to be like, it's going to help us. Because like there's a certain amount of points that you need to get your PGA Tour card, and we're like, oh, maybe like a couple, a handful of events are gonna cancel, two or three events, and then once you realized how serious the pandemic was, kind of, it kind of sucked because like we didn't know what was gonna happen. Um, luckily, being here in Arizona, like we're more friendly with COVID than say other places. Just the weather is good, and people, it's a little more spacious here, and people are a little more relaxed. Um, so like golf was never closed at all during this, during like March, April, May. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still was playing golf, practicing. I didn't really, my schedule didn't really change that much because golf courses were open, um, versus say some of my friends back in, um, the Midwest or anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody kind of, for me, like in Arizona, I just kind of stayed busy. Uh, I played in a handful of mini tour events during, during last, last spring during, during the the lockdown basically. And yeah, it was, it was nice because I was just playing playing a lot and didn't really feel like it changed too much for me. I mean, it, it was a bummer because like once we found out the, the rescheduling was going to happen um, and the season, was going to start back in June. like all the guys who were playing well all the time that realized that we're not going to get P.J. tour cards this fall. And that's, that's kind of a bummer because like,
1: yeah, the goal for
2: any young guy coming out of college is just to get to the P.J. tour as fast right. as we can and stay there for a long time. Um, but then you just kind of, we kind of have to take the positives because luckily our tour, the corn fair did a good job of, having a schedule for us to play in the spring and in the, in the summer. Um, and we basically got, I think, 23 events this year, which is which is really good. And it's like a normal year almost. Yeah, that's great. Um, they did a good job with scheduling and everything. Um, yeah, and we were unfortunately able to play. Like, I have a bunch of buddies that are, say, mini tour guys that play on, like, Canada, Latin America, or China. And, like, they basically had no chance of playing in those on their tours. Um, and right. they basically had to play mini tours. And it basically kind of takes, like, a year off your – your plan um, of like climbing up the, the pro golf ladder. So that's, that's kind of where the positives like I was taking from it. Cause I mean, all the guys, uh, I mean, yeah, you want to get to the PJ tour really fast, but honestly, like if you get to the PJ tour after like a super season, which we're going to have, it's like 45, 46 events. Like definitely, it's definitely going to show who the top 25 guys are um, on the tour.
1: Green rises to a, the top.
2: Pretty, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just, and also you kind of have a, a bout looks like, yeah, I mean, you want to play in PGA Tour events um, because just more money and everything, and playing in front of fans. But yeah, having more events under your belt, especially as a young player, is only going to help with the experience. It's just getting right. more comfortable. So no, I'm excited to yeah to get back on the corn fair and have a great year.
1: You mentioned you mentioned a couple of guys, uh, people that you know playing out in um, some of the other tours. Like P- I, PGA Tour China is shut down for the year, correct?
2: Yeah, PGA Tour China is shut down. I think Latin America has a few events um canada i think is still on the fence i think they're they're supposed to have qualifying school and everything but we just never know with the pandemic i mean i don't think anybody any of us like thought how serious it was back in like january february last year um and it's crazy so yeah i mean the reality is like there's a lot more important things uh going off going on off the golf course um, absolutely and luckily we're still like i was still able to, to have a great year last year and um being able to play pro golf as as a living is, is already a blessing
0: so I always wonder, Dylan, like in the off season, are you guys tweaking a whole lot in your game uh, when you have some time off or are you just kind of just relax and playing some golf and just kind of getting a mindset for the next season? How's that usually go when you're off?
2: Yeah, I think it, it varies from player to player. Um, I think last year for me, I just, I was just playing golf a lot, especially like during the lockdown when people took time off, like I was just still playing golf. The weather perfect here in Scottsdale. And at the end of the year, I kind of tapered, wasn't playing that well and got kind of tired. So I think most guys, if you're if you're not advancing to the PJ Tour right away, if you have an off season with the corn Ferry, like I think guys take a couple weeks off, um, just because like we we ended in the middle of October and then we're not starting till middle of February, the long off season. So um, like for me, I just took some a couple weeks off uh, and then kind of just did an assessment of my season, um, the good, and the bad, and how I can improve and prepare for next year. Um, so I think. Guys usually have a plan on, on what they want to what, what they want to work on in the off season, just because you have a bunch of time to to work on things and you don't have to be be ready for a couple months. Because um, the goal is to be ready to peak when the season starts. Um, it's, I mean, you can play well. It's it's good to play well anytime, but I mean, you want to play well when it really matters. So um, for me, yeah, I just like talk with my coaches, um, see like which parts of my game I want, I really want to work on um, to prepare for next year that I think is gonna help me um, under pressure. And then you just, yeah, just slowly work, on, slowly work on it. And then I think I've been playing uh, a few Monday qualifiers just to keep myself busy. Um, and then also, if you, I mean, for us, like, guys in the corn um a Monday qualifier can really help, like, boost your trajectory, to, uh, the PGA Tour, if you do really play well. So uh, for us, like, the Monday qualifier here is 15 minutes from my house, and it's $100 to play in, so and you have a chance to play in a PGA Tour event. So, um, but, yeah, I think those guys – uh, have a like have a, have a situation similar to that where their off season is like spending time with family and stuff. I and mean, once like kind of December January hits, um, guys are getting ready for the season. Um, like a lot of guys that are from the Midwest will come to Scottsdale or or Florida and and get some reps in. Um, because it's always nice to have some time off. I mean, we eventually when we get to the PGA Tour next fall, like once you graduate from the corn career, you kind of go go go. You don't have like a little break. You go maybe you have one week off and then you're playing in the fall season of the PGA Tour. So right. Yeah, luckily luckily I'm young and then I can maybe a little more fresh than other people. But I mean playing a lot of weeks in a row is definitely it's definitely rigorous for sure.
1: I bet absolutely. So I'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot. So I just want to ask you this question. You know, the big the big chatter over the past four or five day four days or so is the the ruling the whole I don't want to say controversy, but the chatter with Patrick Reed. Yeah. What, what, did, what did you see if you saw it, and what's your take on it, or, or do you have a take on it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see it live. I remember watching highlights about it. Um, I think the one bad thing is, like, the spotter said it didn't bounce. I mean, it's pretty bad at the spotter. I mean, if the spotter just says, like, oh, it bounced, then then he's not going to even try to do that. Right. Because, um, I mean, as a, as a player, it's hard, I think, if you're – especially if it's thick, rough, and stuff like that, like, it's hard to see if a ball bounces. Like, right. like If you truly see the ball down, it's like no one's going to question. It. You're not going right. to try to look at it. Mm. But I think the fact that if he didn't, he didn't see the shot gives him a little more benefit to the doubt. I think it just, it sucks because I mean, he, he has been more prone to, to things in the past and he's not the most well-liked player on tour. Um, but I mean, like the way he handled it, like calling an official over, um, I think I remember reading a few things, like the way he, he like marked the ball, but he like picked it up and like already assumed like he was going to take a drop already. Um, might have been he could have probably done that a little better. That's but what stood, I don't think you.
1: That's yeah. what stood out to me. Like, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I, playing golf, I've taken a free drop, but to take it and, and I know you did. Well, that wasn't his drop, but just to place it over. Like normally, I'm holding yeah. on to the ball while the official. Yeah, most
2: guys like hold it like this when you're yeah. when you're You're right. not you're not allowed to clean it or anything unless you actually get relief. Um, so I think just small things like that. I don't think he was trying to 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 cheat or do anything wrong. Right. I mean, honestly, like what he did on Sunday and how he came back from that and went to win by five True. shots. I mean, honestly, like you penalize him, give him one shot, he's still one by four. Like that's even right. more impressive. Like kind of handling the situation, like he's
0: Absolutely. already viewed as
2: a bad guy. And I mean, for him to be resilient and to kind of shut the haters and, and win by five is pretty, is really impressive. I mean, and that's what he said that. too. Yeah. I think also too, like, I don't think he's like, I mean, I never played with him or anything, but I know there's stories of him like when he was in college and stuff like that. But I mean, sometimes once you, once, like people think that about you, it's hard to really change it. So you kind of just need to embrace it and, and get over it because the people that are, that you pretty much only care about are the people that are supporting you. So, I mean, right? he definitely has had a lot of success and he's one of the best players in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe he's also doing it because, I mean, no matter what publicity you get, I mean, bad publicity, good publicity and like, good for, to get your name out for sure.
0: All right. Sometimes they say bad
2: publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah it is kind of wild how he blocks it out you know it's like even with the Ryder cup where he blocks out the you know the chatter and everything or even with that situation or situations in the past i mean his short game's insane and just like yeah i mean how he hits those wedges in in tight spots and hits every you know putt he really needs and doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes throughout that is pretty wild exactly
2: yeah i mean it's kind of crazy it's like if you're that good there's no need to to do anything to do wrong. I mean, to do anything wrong or try to right. cheat the system at all. I mean, you're just that good. You're, you're able to win. You don't need to, to beat some, to beat other players by doing something wrong.
1: Don't you think, and this, this, this is the other part. And I'm, and I'm asking you cause you play professionally when I feel like he probably maybe, maybe not. And you could answer this, maybe had a little bit more in depth conversation and obviously he felt that it was embedded, or maybe could have asked a playing partner or is that, is that, I mean, that's typically what you should do is, Hey, it's embedded. You know, can you take a look? I felt like that could have been done a little bit more. And obviously, yeah. a pro. Um, and usually, I usually, know- I mean,
2: yeah, I know you're saying like, in my situation, like usually if I'm playing with other people, I mean, even if it's a tournament or playing randomly, like in a, a, any tournament, basically like you're going to ask them like, Oh, if there's any doubt, you can just ask your playing partners. Like I had a situation in the Monday qualifier where like, I was like literally, in, when I restarted, I was like two feet off the green in like a giant crater that like looked like a, I don't know, it could have been something, but I'm like, I probably know it's, it's just a divot and terrible grass, but I'm just gonna ask them and have them come over. Like having them come over and having a second year is definitely helping, helpful. Cause also like your competitors, like you wanna include them, especially the people person that's keeping your scorecard. Um, that's like always what I've, I've learned like growing up as a player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely think he could have handled it a little better. Um, so he would have got less scrutiny. But I don't think he was trying to do anything in a way of, of cheating at all.
1: Right, right. Have you ever had to call their college or juniors? Have you ever had to call somebody out and receive something blatant?
2: Um, I, I, I think it's been a while. I can't really think of it uh, at a time. I remember when I was a kid, like when I was like 10 or 11 years old, I was on the putter ground, like, the first hole, and, like, I, like, lined up the ball, and I was, like, holding my putter. Like, in my hand and it was raining, and my putter slipped and hit the ball. And it went, like, six inches, and I had, it like, nobody else saw it, and I kind of penalized myself. It was, like, a nine-hole thing, and I missed. I had lost by one, and I was, like, oh, cool. But, um, no, I mean, I've heard stories of it, but uh, I haven't really had that much personal experience. I mean, most guys, especially with professional golf, like, it's very hard to do, and if you do do it, like, and you do get caught, like, you're going to have a bad reputation for a long time. Right, right. Like, there's nobody, everybody is fine with a player playing better than everybody else and beating you fair and square, but, like, if you're trying to cheat, like, just don't do it. I mean, there's no, there's no point. Um, right. It's a game, I mean, I mean, yeah, golf, a game of integrity, build on integrity, and a lot of, a lot of applications in golf to the real world, so, I mean, yeah, you just
0: well, well you don't want to
2: get to do it.
0: For sure. Have you seen anything, Dylan, you've probably seen about the uh, USGA and RNA coming out with the equipment rollback changes, uh, what you're feeling on that, you know, whether they're trying to roll back the distance with uh, professional golf, especially.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen, I saw what I was, after I got, got, got done golfing today, I saw what Rory was saying. Um, and I was reading like the article, of the USGA, like what they were thinking. Um, I mean, honestly, like, if you make golf courses like Tory Pines, I mean you you have a course like Tory Pines last week where the winner was fourteen under one by one by five, but everybody else is single digits. Like honestly, if you make the courses with thick, rough, really firm greens, like even if you hit it far, if you're hitting it straight, I mean, that's kind of the perfect combo, no matter how right. far the ball's going. And I mean, I really liked what Rory was saying. It's like yes, they're USGA and the RNA are focusing on on pro golf. And but pro golf is very a very small percentage of like the real world of actual golfers. Right. I mean, COVID's been a good thing for golf. Like every golf course, no matter where you are, is busy. Like everybody's golfing. And yeah, definitely to make golf more inclusive to the to the world because it's seen as a very high class sport, um, versus other things like I mean you're basically just punishing players for for punishing uh, like players and everything for just being better and just for for having equipment be better. I mean, you see, you just see in every sport nowadays, this training and everything, training and everything is just getting better at right. a younger age. But like, you don't see other sports having that much restrictions. Um, I mean, yeah, the golf ball goes far, but I mean, still, it's cool that the ball goes far. It's not like it's detrimental to the game. It's right. Like, like, Bryson still has, to, if Bryson won every single event, like, if, if Kyle Berkshire, who's a long drive champion, started playing on the PGA tour and winning everything, then maybe, but like <laughs> Right Bry- people don't realize that Bryson like won the US open, he was like ninety one percent from inside ten feet. He thought it amazing. Like you need right. a- you can't drive right. in the golf ball and hit the ballpark is the only thing. And there's courses right. where there's courses that they play on the PGA tour that distance doesn't matter. Or does distance isn't like a huge thing. Like even the waste management, you see Web Simpson beat Tony Fino last year, like Web Simpson hit the shore as an average. Right. You have courses like like, Hilton Head, like, they harbor town and Hilton Head and courses like that where, um, like, the distance is not as important. But You're right. I mean, I think you just want to make it easier for everybody. I mean, like, golf isn't as easy as shooting a basketball or throwing a football or catching a football. Like, if right. you can get normal people better equipment and make it easier, it's going to make them more, more likely to, like, golf at an earlier age and want to do it.
0: All right cuz it's already hard enough for me and Chris. I mean yeah, so I mean, we mean golf is the
2: hardest like it's just like the most skill oriented sport. Like when you take a week like when I take a week off like it's rusty for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much with golf is or like if you're taking away stuff with equipment and making it harder um so you want to dial back the distance with clubs or golf ball or anything like that like golf is such a skill oriented sport that there's so much unpredictability like with everything like you have uneven lies. You, you can get a bad break here and there. Like you have no control. The surface changes literally every second. No matter what golf course you're playing, what day you're playing. Right. Like one of the things that we control is teeing up our golf ball and and the club the club we want to use. I mean, like golf. When you think about the only other individual sport that's comparable is tennis, but they play on the same surfaces. Really, there's like four different surfaces. But a golf course is every golf course is different. Every hole is different. Like there's there's so much different variability versus. Just having clubs that are, are are going farther and players are hitting it hitting it better and hitting it farther it shouldn't shouldn't be a huge issue. Well,
1: and I think Webb Simpson talked about that a little bit, and he said that it doesn't need to be equipment. We need to adjust the courses, and I've heard that a little bit more over the past year and a half, two years, where we yeah. need to not the fairways don't need to be so wide. They can pinch them. We can make the rough a little bit longer, and. You know, we're in the Northern Virginia area and we had Tigers tournament here for six, seven years. We had Congressional, which is not a short course by any means. Yeah. And I think the all every year that it was there, it was lower than the year that Rory won the US open. And then they moved it to T P C Potomac and Justin Thomas came out the week that he played there. And he's like, This course is a US open course. I mean, I think the winning score that week was like minus seven to minus nine. And I know the um the old Web.com had an event there, and that's what it was. So it, you're right; that's kind of a course doesn't need to be eight thousand yards. We can take a seventy-two, seventy-four, hundred, seventy-five hundred course and pinch it, or do certain things to make it
2: tougher. Yeah, uh, to I mean, like, people it. are saying people are saying like you should make golf courses longer. I mean, you don't necessarily need to buy land to make it longer. Like you just make it tougher. Like right. Honestly, just make it tougher. Like you can honestly, I think guys would rather be be instead of making a course longer, making it like adding 300, 400 yards, you can put a flag literally a yard closer to the edge. Like guys I think would be okay with that. Mm -hmm. You're not really doing anything else. You're just making it harder. Like if you make greens really, really firm and you make rough really, really high, no matter what, it's really, really (laughs) hard
0: hard to play well. And the guys that hit it
2: straight and far should get rewarded for for hitting it straight and far. Because honestly that's what everyone wants to do is like you want to hit it straight. You want to hit the be in the fairway every single time, but if you can hit it far and straight, like that's wham wham. And when you hit it farther, your misses are your misses are, are wider. So I mean yeah, so I mean I don't think I don't I don't see I see why the usj needs need to like
0: I mean, I don't hit it that
2: far. I mean I'm like average on the corn period. I hit it I hit it straight. I mean I'm fine with our tour is a little more like bomb and like gouge versus and it's a low scoring versus the PGA tour, which is faster greens and higher rough, like if I, I mean, as a shorter, like a shorter, like an average player, like, I could say I want everything to be dialed back, but like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm fine sitting in the fairway and beating guys that way.
1: Right. Could you imagine if Augusta decided to grow their rough out all of a sudden?
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean you have some, you can you can do make things super fast, green super fast and rough super long. I mean, yeah. I mean, you saw Tory Pines. I mean, or you play in places that the ball doesn't go far. Yeah. Right. Play, play golf and, honestly, in worse conditions instead of perfect times in the year. Like, yeah. imagine if we played, yeah, where it's not, like, 90 degrees out.
0: Right. Well, awesome, Dylan, man. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but we appreciate you coming on. And we're definitely going to be uh, – got some new fans. We'll be uh, looking out and seeing how you're doing the rest of the year. And uh, and good luck with this uh, wraparound season. Uh, I know you're going to do well. I mean, you've been killing it so far. So, uh, keep up the good appreciate work. Appreciate it. Yeah, keep it up, man. Good luck. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So that was awesome, man. What a what an interview, dude. That was sweet. Yeah, it was uh good stuff. I mean, it's some good hot
1: takes off some fresh news out there. And um I'm excited for our fans to hear it and for us to give us our hot takes on what's been going on. There's been a lot going on in the golf field. A <laughs> so lot. Much. I texted it's you the other day. That was overwhelming. I know. I mean, we, well, going back a couple episodes, we did say, or you said that, you know the golf, we we figured golf kind of get kicked off for us, the farmers and man, did it
0: get kicked off at the farmers? (laughs) It sure did. I mean, I I thought we were just going to have a normal Tory tournament, you know, just a kind of a slow intro into the golf season, but man, I I will comment on, I I don't know if you noticed uh, Jim Nance,
1: my boy, Jim Nance was, they put him in a bubble in a studio in Monterey. Kept him at home so that way he stayed healthy, so he could go to the Super Bowl this week. Oh, really? <laughs> he yeah. was in
0: quarantine.
1: He was. They had him. They they kept him away, and they had all everybody else live, and they had him in quarantine. He was at a studio in Monterey with a little Tory Pines backdrop. So no, I, didn't, I
0: didn't even pay attention to that. I didn't, I thought he was there the whole time. No, he no, did. he's a professional, no. so you know. He he is a professional. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Got to love some gymnasts. So just to recap stats, let's start – let's get into the Patrick Reed, man. We have to, and, you know, everybody's been having their take on the whole situation, but, you know, I've been waiting all week. I mean, we almost pulled an emergency pod as we were starting to talk about it on on Saturday. But what's your take on, on the whole Patrick Reed situation, especially after well, talking to Dylan, too?
1: Yeah, well, I, I I watched it live. I mean, live and in person, and I am saw him hit it. And I didn't really pay attention to whether it bounced or not initially. So I'm going to throw that out for right now. But it just was odd to me. And and don't get me wrong, as a player, if the ball is embedded, you're afforded a free drop, you know, one club length free drop. Got no problem with that. It was just weird to me that, and I didn't even, again, I didn't hear him ask the, the volunteer if it bounced. It was weird to me, he marks his ball at least I think he did, he had a tee down. What was weird to me is he picked it up, he held it in his hand, however he had it, which I found out later, and Brandel Chamblee talked about how he kind of palmed it, and I watched the video back, and you can see it in his right hand. And then he takes and he, like, puts it over, like, three, four, five feet away at the edge, where eventually he kind of took his drop. And I honestly initially wasn't thinking embedded. There was a shot link camera tower that was right there, so I thought he was going to get relief from that which made sense. But then to like be over, like he, well, before he even dropped or placed it, he's like, he's just, why are your fingers in the hole? And I get that, but like call an official. Okay, that's fine. Why don't you, if you're really, really that unsure before we can call the official, why don't you call your playing part, one playing partner over the guy that's keeping your score, like have a conversation with him. And we, we talked about that with Dylan a little bit but then to put it on the ground and then when the official comes over and he says, well, where's the ball? And he goes, Oh, I put it over there. That to me, that was just odd, odd. And I've never seen anything like it before. I'm not saying the guy was cheating or trying to cheat, but it just seemed everything was odd about the whole thing. And I think Brandel Chambly talks about it in the spirit of the game. It just, it it wasn't a good look. Don't get me wrong. The guy was leading the tournament at that point and he struggled down the backstretch and, was in the second to last group and he had a hell of a Sunday resilient good for him I don't have anything else to say about him I, I don't really care I will not root for him I right it's a shame because he's an American and he's going to play in the Ryder Cup more than likely and he's I think the sixth ranked golfer in the world I won't root for him I, I just I don't and I'm going off on my own personal beliefs and I just thought the whole thing was odd and just weird. And yeah, I've listened to what a lot of different people said and there's people on both sides, just, it's not a good look. And, and it wasn't a good look for the tour either. I like, right. Because they came out later and they said, Oh yeah, they showed him and the ball bounced. And he's saying, well, it's virtually, virtually impossible for the ball to be embedded if it bounced. Well, you saw it bounce. Right. (laughs) So what, I don't know. Um. Yeah, that's that's my hot take on it. I can't wait to hear what you got to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you. One of the big things that I, I took away from the whole thing after listening to a few things, which one was the Brandle thing about how he handled the ball. I totally agree with this point and what you're saying. And the whole situation with, you know, teeing it, taking it out of the spot, then calling the rules official. I mean, all of it sounds weird, like you're saying. But another thing was I was listening to Max Holma earlier today. And from a player perspective as well, and Dylan talked about this a little bit too. Is anytime you have an embedded ball that you know is plugged, you go down with two fingers. You can obviously feel a plugged ball. I mean, how many times have we played on a wet course, and especially as us amateurs that you know play on these public tracks all the time that have horrible conditions, especially after rain that don't drain well. I mean, you you plug balls all the time. And you go down, pick up your ball. Obviously it's plugged. You know, you do your one club length, drop it, clean it off and call it a day. Right. But you know that it's plugged. I mean, you can feel the ball. I mean, it comes out, you know, it has a certain feel to it. You almost can feel it come out of the shell of a plug that it has. So, so for him to kind of fiddle with the grass and all of that, I mean, if it's plugged, it's plugged. I I just don't understand what, why he needed the fish or why he moved the ball. It's, it's kind of just a known thing. I just, that's what made it kind of fishy. You know, I just, I don't think he's literally deliberately out there cheating all the time or anything. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. I mean, his short game is impeccable. I mean, the dude and under pressure or controversy, he thrives. He's just one of those guys that, that, that do well in those situations. But, um, it just – the whole situation was strange. Very strange. And <clears throat> throw more
1: fuel on the fire. The whole social media buzz that evening where he sent out a tweet from his account talking about how Rory did the same thing. And then about – I think it was like 17 minutes later, there was this at-use golf act <laughs> that literally i think sent it out a ton of times and replied to all these people and i guess patrick reed initially was replying to like three people and they said the exact same thing and obviously the world's a buzz because there's those people those there are there those yeah there are there, those people out there that believe that at you scalfax is either run by him it's like his burner account or his wife who knows I think I read something out there that his lawyer said that it's no such thing. Like he doesn't have a burner account and, you know, coincidence that they said the exact same thing and they were literally 15 minutes apart and sent it out. Of, I don't know. That was, that was the, I was kind of more fuel to the fire. Right. Um, and just made me chuckle. I think when I texted you guys on Saturday night and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like what is, what is happening? So I, yeah. Yeah. The, Anytime and and I've learned and I, you know, I teach it with the kids. Like when you, when you take a, when you're unsure and you're going to, even if you're just going to check the ball, it's thumb and forefinger, you pick it up, you look at it. Oh, that's my ball. And you place it back in the exact same spot or as close to as possible. And you said it right. Like you can feel if it's plugged, like he should have been able to see if it's plugged almost. Right. And if he was unsure at that point, I, I'm going to tell you what I would have done. I would have called one of those guys over to take in a quick look or I'm calling the rules official. I don't have a problem with him calling it. That happens all the time. Right. And the rules official could have said, all right, go ahead, pick it up. Let's it's plugged. We're done. But to pick it up, hold it in your right hand and kind of palm it. And then you're down there and you're kind of poking at apple pie down in, there on, <laughs>
0: in the hole. Those little chubby fingers that <laughs> they're just messing around. That, Oh, like I literally,
1: I think I texted you guys at that point. I'm like, "What is happening? Like, what is this guy doing?" <laughs> it was so strange. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it is what it is. I mean, um, I, there were some interesting comments out there too. I've heard a couple of things. I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of listening to Brandel and Jaime Diaz and them talk about it. Um, I listened to Michael Collins and Jason Sobel yesterday from Monday, and Sobel is on board with us, and Michael Collins is kind of like, "Oh, it is what it you know he, the rules." I disagree with what he had to say, um, and that's fine. You know, we're all allowed to have our our own uh, our own points out there. And then there's the stuff that some of the guys were staying on tour. <clears throat> um, you know, Xander Shoffley, and I don't I don't think he meant any ill will. And I I heard I was watching um, golf today, and they were talking about Shoffley's comments. And, and Shoffley's like, "Listen, I I guess he didn't. He wasn't trying to." make any harm towards it but he said with talk amongst the boys isn't great i guess but he's protected by the tour and that's all that matters now apparently patrick reed said out in saudi that him and shawley had texted and apparently they talked at some uh some uh talked a little bit so that's good um but i'm sure players out there are pissed like yeah they just they don't understand i don't know and i don't know what the overall consensus on tour is um I think I told you guys at some of the Instagram accounts that we follow, uh, PGA Memes and Colorado <laughs> Golf Blog, there's a couple tour players, or at least one in particular, that has liked a lot of things out there. So, hey, you know what? Everybody's allowed to have their own take on it and their point and how they feel. And obviously some are going to be a little bit closer to the action than we are. That's why we're here and they're on tour.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, my last point to the the whole thing is that, the PGA Tour has their media type PR policy, I guess, for years of this sweep it under the rug, no matter what happens to a tour player, let's just act like it didn't happen, we get through it, and, you know, you go on to the next event to just try to save their brand, I guess. But, and, you know, that maybe worked a little bit with Tiger, and then, you, you know, when Dustin Johnson had his year suspension, people kind of forgot about it that he had like the drug incident. I mean, people still don't talk about it the whole lot. Um, But it's, but to sweep this under the rug, like literally all the PGA tour posts on Instagram and Twitter and all this is just like Patrick Reed with his ninth victory, this Patrick Reed, this and that, you know, what a great champion through adversity and, I, it, they just like acted like nothing happened and it's just it, it's just soft on the tour I mean I, they don't need to come at him and be like yeah he he's a cheater you know he um, that looks bad on them if they completely you know come at him on all angles but I mean I, I don't I don't understand them acting like he's this great champion you know the PGA Tour and and kind of putting him on a, a pedestal or a poster for for the tour it just I, I'm sure that kind of stuff is what ticked off sander and some of these other guys. So Yeah, um, and then, you know, and he's he's forefront in the media
1: with the whole thing over the past three days. And then boom, he's not in the forefront anymore because we have another topic to talk
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the uh the whole distance debate, we talk about it all the time and and uh we were touching on it earlier, but so the USGA and the RNA come out with that they want to make equipment changes all of a sudden. I mean they've been talking about rolling the ball back. Do we extend the courses do we change your equipment so it sounds like they want to make equipment changes I don't know if that means I don't know if you looked into it stats does that mean more club changes or is it ball changes or both or I haven't I haven't read into the I
1: saw snippets of the report the other day and I know one of it is is they they don't they want to limit the length of the driver which I saw Bryson made a quote that said he finds it flattering They, they want to they want to stop 48 inch drivers. Um, I mean, it can't just be driver and golf ball. It's gotta be a little bit more. I mean, I think golf ball is going to have a big play into it and I think driver is going to have a big play into it. Um, yeah, I mean, we all kind of knew this was coming they've talked about it for a while. They initially were going to put something else. I put something out I think last year and then they kind of pushed it off to this year. Um, and again, I haven't seen the whole report, but, there's been a lot of a lot of criticism just in the past 12 hours about this report and what's going on with it. I mean, you know, you've heard guys from Webb Simpson to Rory to um, Bryson, you know, all these different players that are talking about it. And I guess the one big quote is that the ever-increasing length is detrimental to the game. It's not detrimental to my game because I would love to have more length. Same. I mean I – mean, <laughs> I want more length. I mean, granted, I'm not a, I don't hit the ball long anyway, but if I could figure out a way to get 10, 15, 20 more yards, I'm probably bringing my handicap down to the, you know, three, four strokes. I can understand what they're meaning. Why, I, I get what they're saying, but I, I know we're going to get into this. Rory's comments, I thought were amazing. Like it's, a, he kind of straight up said, it was a waste of money. I mean, That's and true. I really, I really like what he said about, how and you know a pandemic kind of brings everybody together in different ways and that it's it's what it's done in the past 12 months but golf has is taken a boom over the past i mean been amazing for the game of golf over the past year right and he said that they should dump some of that money into the game of golf and growing the game of golf as opposed to this and i think that's what his take on it is they're going to limit people
0: wanting to be able to hit it farther you know the people that are just taking it up so yeah, I thought his his point was awesome. I mean, it kind of spoke to just normal golfers, which you would think pro golfers wouldn't really take into to mind us regular hacks out there playing. But he just is obviously genuinely wants to grow the game of golf. He loves golf. Um, all these guys do. I mean, that's 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 their passion. But um, for him to take that strong stance of that ninety nine percent of the players, you know, ninety nine point whatever percent of the players um, aren't professional golfers and that you're just kind of taking that fun and enjoyment away from them by trying to roll back distance and things like that. And Dylan hit it right on the head. I mean, there's so much more to golf than just distance. I mean, I've played golf since I was about six, seven years old and I've over time hit the ball pretty, you know, fairly decent distance. I think distance has been, one of my better things in my game, but I still don't score well because, you know, at times my short game's horror war. At times I've never had a good iron game. So, I mean, that's why I've never scored well. And then I'm a streaky putter. But I've been able to hit the ball pretty far, but I'm not accurate. So, I mean, it's just even from an amateur's perspective, even though I've been able to hit a bomb drive every now and then, there's so much more to a golf game than just how far you hit the ball. I mean – you know, Bryson did the distance thing. But, again, it just to go back on the earlier interview, I mean, he putted lights out at the U.S. Open. I mean, he everyone thought, he oh, he's the favorite to win the, the Masters because he's blowing away the distance. He's just going to blow away Augusta. But he didn't. Nope. So, distance doesn't always win. Bombers don't always win these PGA Tour events. You get the Web Simpsons. You get the guys that don't hit it quite as far when in when an event. So I think that and from time to time and from event to event, we see courses that make it more challenging for them. And then you you don't have the negative 25 score, you know, to win. You have the the 10 under or you have the the eight under finish or you have a, a US open where you know someone finishes at five or or six under par or whatever. But yeah, there's so so much they can do with the courses. And I even think Lester George, when we had him on, would even agree with that. I mean, he says that, you know, their architects are battling with, with the distance at times. But, you know, they want people to have a good time. And I think he even said – I I want to say he said similar thing, is that most of the people that play these golf courses aren't professionals. So, it's, they need to – you know, and I'm going to go back to what we kind of talked to the kids about
1: at the first tee is we you want the game to be fun because you want – People to be able to come back. If you're going to make it harder, people are going to be like, put them on eBay and sell their clothes. Like, you wanted to make it fun, and I I get it. I understand the point of it. Um, you know, the three things that are the three proposed changes: a limit on the maximum driver shaft length from 48 to 46, tweaks to how the driver, tweaks to how to how to how drivers and golf balls are tested for distance, spring-like effect for the driver, and revised conditions for the golf ball. Um, the shaft length proposal is a 30 day review period ending March while the feedback for all, all and driver will extend six months into August. I get it. I understand what they want to do. I think, you know, it's, I, I can't remember who said it. Like there almost needs to be a rules for professionals, a set of rules for professionals, a set of rules for amateurs. Yeah, and I agree. Like if that's what they wanted to do, I don't think pros would have so much of a problem with that. Like, because as Rory said, it's like the 0.1% of people or the 1% of people like, you're going you're gonna to encompass everybody into this. Meanwhile, the guys that are making a living, it's, it's going to impact them and us who's out on the course. So right. yeah, I'm interested to hear what people have to say, and I'm sure over the next couple of days, some more people will come out and say a few things. I Honestly, I, I'm curious. I'm going to say it now, and I, I don't think anybody – I'm curious to hear what Tiger would have to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Tiger would have some – and people i think i think the R- rna and the usga they might listen to what he has to say i don't know i could be wrong it's just joe smo me who's having a glass of bourbon <laughs> I, I mean i w- i would be interested and in, i would listen to what tiger would have to say or i'd like to hear what you know um like you said some of the course designers like a jack or a gary play like let's hear what some of these other guys have to say and i'm sure it's going to come up over the next couple of weeks especially as we
0: Get into the Florida swing.
1: You're going to get some of these guys, and it's that question is going to come up as 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 they uh, kind of stick their head out there a little bit. So,
0: well, I think Jack has talked about the tour ball, and I I, I go back to I think the tour ball is a decent idea. I mean, um, not changing the equipment, not changing the courses. That's a, that's a simple change. I think they could make, I and mean, not like they'd make the ball a horrible golf ball, but just dial it back almost a few years past generation. Yep. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I feel like the guys wouldn't really care a whole lot about that because I know when we talked to Tim cook, he said that one of the bigger changes in a, a guy's equipment change is the ball. So if, if you really want to make a distant distance change with some of these guys, I would think that changing the golf ball to not make it quite, you know, fly quite as far for them, not for all golfers would be a decent idea, but you know that's that's a that's a long debate that people and, talk and about. there would
1: be an adjustment period obviously for them and i think that they would have to kind of have a testing time and you know listen it's just like i kind of was thinking about this a little while ago like nascar all the changes that nascar has done nascar 15 years ago or so wanted to go to this car of tomorrow well it would, you know they wanted to more aerodynamic and you know da, da. well now it's like they they scrapped that all together and they kind of moved more in the right direction with it and there's times to make a change and there's you have to make a change the right way and i don't i don't i think what the rna and USGA is doing trying to do and let's dial this these certain things back for everybody i like
0: let's maybe revisit and get some more input before you really want to take this into consideration yeah i totally agree so, um, so with all this last week's golf, you know, we, we got another week stats. We got the old waste management, the, uh, season Fired keeps, up. Love <laughs> keeps it. rolling, man. It's awesome. And, uh, we have some fans
1: tomorrow morning.
0: We have some fans this week, right? They have like limited fans. Is that correct? So at least that'll yeah, be a, a nice little change right to these, uh, events.
1: Yeah. I think 18,
0: 18
1: 000, or not 18,000, 8,000 fans. I heard, uh, which is obviously is a big drop at the waste management, but I got com up right now. It says watch PJ Tour live
0: at 9.15 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So, it's, they go, um, we go. Um, the, it's yeah, just that the buzz is heating up. I mean, our DraftKings uh, pool, you know, I think last week what well, we had 10, 10 people participate, and I just looked at it right now, and guess how many out of 20 we have this week. 18. 18. Yeah. Wow. The buzz, the golf buzz is ramping back up, I'm telling you. The Farmers kicks it off, and then we got Waste Management right after here. So I'm curious what your picks are this week. Uh, I want to first do DraftKings picks and then throw a couple degenerate picks after we uh, roll out our DraftKings. So what do you got this week, stats? Well, hold on. I actually went back to look at last week because I kind of gave up after a round
1: and a half. I actually am pretty – I was sitting 10th. I see I finished 5th. I'm pretty happy with myself that I finished fifth last week. So anyway, um, picks for this week. Um, let's see. My picks are, you're going to probably be a little shaking your head, but I went with, I went with Rory at a expensive 10,600. I went with a, I'm gonna, my next three guys are kind of inexpensive, but they've all played pretty well lately. One is Rory Sabatini, seventy three hundred. I don't really care for him, but you know what? He's played well. His last—that's uh, a moonshine a 10, pick there. <laughs> yeah, he's got a ten. He's got a ten, a twelve, and a one ten, and a forty over his last couple starts. I got another moonshine pick from last week who did really well. Who finished second, forty first, and fourth in his last three events. That would be one Ryan Palmer. Ryan. As I said, Ryan Rory. The guy who needed a, t- a second place to keep his card and then followed up with a 16th, Chris Kirk. Riding the Kirk train. Riding the Kirk train. And then he did not play well last week, but he's had um, – I don't know. I just I read a few things that some people think he's going to do well. He played well at the American Express, a little Byung-Hyung-An. Also at 7,300. And then this guy I, – I got this stat from – uh CBS. They've dropped it on Sunday afternoon talking about the next few tournaments. And I guess over the next three tournaments, this guy is the only guy last year to finish in the top 15 in those three tournaments. Any guesses on who it might be? Mm. It's a little CBS nugget that I pulled pulled out there. Of of the three tournaments of waste what the, are the three? waste management, um pebble, and uh the Genesis in LA those are the next three uh there's last
0: year obviously i would say female but females and Saudi, right that's correct
1: well this guy he's very vocal on his social media one max homa nice <laughs> i'm going low low dollar a couple high dollar low dollar and then i don't know if you want to get we can we can get your picks and then maybe we can go on a couple. Uh, dk
0: fan duel degenerate sportsbook bets yeah so i feel a lot of those picks man and uh to be honest i matched with uh with two of them so i went on with max holma nice. and he, he lives in scottsdale too so i i kind of had a theme this week i uh, i had two <laughs> had two bad weeks so i had i did a lot of research i think last week and i had three miscuts i think the week before i had four miscuts it was horrible so, if anyone was paying attention after I had a couple good weeks, I just completely lost some people some money if they listen to me. But this week's theme is cheaper guys that live in the area. So, you got Max Holma at 7,900. He's also playing well, like you said. Uh-huh. He's played well there before. And he's – you know, I, I was off him last week. I said, well, you know, maybe he's not – I think I did my fan duel for him to win. And actually, it got a little heater when he had, a, had that eagle – um that was it a he had the eagle from the fairway i think on 17 a tory or something yeah on saturday that kind of a little bit close to the top but so i got him matched you there rory with the ten thousand six hundred. is it's expensive but he's at least going to be top 10 if if not you know somewhere be. close up to the top i'll be upset if he's he hasn't played there so that's the only thing in a while right i mean it's it's been a while since he's played out there so
1: yeah, I don't think it's a gamble because I think he's going to – I think he can tear up the back nine there.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I think in this, like with uh – what is it, 17 with the short par four and all these different greens, he's just going to be all over. But um, then I got Corey Connors at 7,900, you know, a lower tier guy. But he uh, he's pretty solid. I, I picked him a lot last year and he he put up some good rounds. He's he's a solid Canadian guy. Uh, with the Scotts, Scottsdale guy, so I went with old J- Joel Damon again. Sixty-eight hundred. Oh, he hasn't like been playing. He hasn't been playing as well. As I mean, he played horrible last week. He uh, was one hundred and thirty. He missed a cut. Yeah. So blame the foreplay guys. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, the foreplay guys don't screw him up uh, this week. But then I got Carlos Ortiz. I dropped him last week when I had him two weeks in a row there in Hawaii, and he he put up good good numbers. And I'd not dream riding the train. He's going to ride that train. I'm riding it. I knew that was coming. I'm I'm riding it. You know, the, uh, the Jordan Spieth lookalike. And then lastly, I have, uh, old Will Zalatoris. I almost took Will. I don't, that was
1: some of the people like him out there. I I was reading some of the the articles on the bets and who to actually, when we get into our bets, I might have I might have Will Zalatoris. I might have I might have dropped 50 cents or a dollar on Will Zalatoris. But I, I like that bet. I I think he's poised to break through and this could be really a tournament that he could break through at. So
0: Right. No, I he, it, he's been he's been up up there, you know, top twenty on some of these events. And and uh he had such a good year on the Corn Ferry and and when we were talking to David Coker, you know, they're like he his uh you know, fairway irons to green—it's just amazing. So those guys—they're always score. So um, hopefully he has a good week. So I want to hear some of these degenerate. This so right now, degenerate. I've only
1: placed three so far. <laughs> now it's still early tee time. They don't tee off, and obviously, you—you know—with sports betting now legal in Virginia, you can place your bets whenever. And there's some interesting ones out there. But this is what I have so far. I do have a a, a dollar bet um, for Will's Al—was it Will's Alatoris Pays 46 to win mm-hmm. the tournament. It's cheap. I mean, it's a cheap $46. Um, I have a $2 bet that pays $142 uh, on Max Homa. <laughs> Homa, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Going it. I like that I one. Know. And then I have a top five $2 bet on Daniel Berger. His odds were not as good, but $2 to pay 10 So that's a nice little return. But yeah, there's a few out there. Um, there's Obviously, it's only two weeks old, two and a half weeks old. There's some interesting bets that you can place. I mean... Like the props, like who's going to make, I think this one is, who's going to make a hole in one. Yeah. Who's to make a hole in one. Like there's some crazy, crazy odds, like crazy stuff. Billy Horschel to make a hole in one. It's like <laughs> 10,000. I'm like, well, I put a dollar on that. <laughs> I mean, there are some hole in one holes out there. Um, Rory to make a hole in one burger. Yeah. Um, the one that I like, I actually like this one make miscut. <laughs> oh yeah this band will have that i'll have to check <laughs> yeah make miscut i mean they, every time i go back there's always more um just ra- nationality props like this is hole in one props two or more hole in ones in the tournament yes plus 300 no minus 400 it's just some crazy crazy stuff <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, i might drop a n- couple more maybe a little top five maybe maybe do a one after the first round, I, you know, I'm sure the odds will decrease a little bit, but
0: I like it. So some of my hot takes, I, you know, I did Rory, Max Homa, you know, all kind of like I do buck bets or 50 cent bets, just, you know, some fun stuff. Yep. But uh, a couple of different ones I had for you was, you know, the, the Joel Damon dollar bet to win is 120 win. Nice. Uh, you got Ortiz one for 80 bucks. Still riding the train. <laughs> Patton gets higher. One buck. He played bad. I think it was last week, but you know he did well in in Hawaii. 130 bucks if he if he pulls out the dub, and then uh, and then I went Corey Connors, the one for uh, for 70 bucks. You just, you just bet your whole team. I know. I'm just going to try to ride that train on that. <laughs> but on DraftKings, I do. So now my thing is pick winners on FanDuel. This is getting bad. <laughs> I'm going I'm to run out of money. <laughs> one dollar at a time. So, I do top twenty or top fives on here. So I did a couple. um, I put our our boy John Catlin, uh, which has a pretty good uh, good look to it, and um, a couple other ones uh, on the PGA Tour. But um, so we'll see how those do. I might have to post some of those later. But I forgot um, about
1: the. uh, I forgot about. I haven't. I haven't placed any on the Euro Tour because that's pretty strong field. Yeah, that's what. Oh,
0: it finally popped (laughs) up. So I got. Top ten Laurie Cantor. That dude's always in the mix. Thomas Dietrie, he never wins, but they said he's had I forget how many. He's like the Tony Finau of the European tour. So it's one buck to win six fifty. Uh to Rail Hatton. It doesn't win you much, but it's a one one buck top ten to get you two fifty and then Tommy Fleetwood. So so I, I like having a little uh, Euro tour you know top 10 top 20 action on the draft Kings, and then Fanduel. just do the uh the bet for the winner we're gonna Especially hit one stats sometime
1: gives you a nice i know i mean i figured in the past two weeks week and a half i probably dropped 10 12 bucks well maybe about 12 or 15 bucks because i i placed a few on friday i think it was friday last week a couple little like Head-to-head whole matchups. It was like Jason Day versus Brooks Kepka. and I was like, "Oh, I'll take Day for a dollar, loser." Right. <laughs> I'll take so and so for a dollar, loser. I'm like, God, I just can't win. I don't know if I like those anymore, the whole-to-whole ones, but yeah, it gives you something, you know. And then, then you got the you, know, you got the waste management that rolls right into the Super Bowl on Sunday. So, since it's Super Bowl week, who you got in the Super Bowl? Who do you think is going to pull it off? And oh man, who would you
0: put? Who would you put a bet on? I haven't put a bet because I'm I don't know. Uh, my gut says the Chiefs, but you know it's Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. But you know Mahomes has won. But I'm gonna just go out there. I think the Bucks win and they cover as well. Yeah, I, I plus, mean plus, I think they're plus three right now. Yeah, so. they're they're yeah the Chiefs
1: are Chiefs are favored by a three. So I, I think if the Bucks win, they cover. Um, the, the part that's – I'm not going to disagree with you. I think my gut says the Chiefs, but it's Tom Brady's ten Super Bowl and he's won it six times. And I just feel like that team over the past – even when they played Washington, over the past five, six weeks, they're just a different team than they were even halfway through the season. Right. I'm not going to – I think Tampa Bay's going to pull it out. I think their defense is going to play just a tick better. I think they're going to figure out a way – to contain Kelsey maybe not contain Kelsey all the way but contain Kelsey somewhat and Tyreek Hill that's going to be the key right Kansas City can't run the ball very well they have running backs but they don't run it very well and I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout too I think it's going to be I heard somebody say today thinking that both teams are going to score over 30 points which um, I just hope it's not like two years ago and it was like 13 to 3 was the Super Bowl
0: Right, shootouts uh, are
1: always fun, and I don't want to see a blowout. I hope I hope somebody doesn't get blown out of the water. Um, I know I know Kansas City was up twenty seven to ten on them earlier in the year, and they made it close. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. Um, Kansas City's offensive line being shuffled around a little bit, one of their guys going down. I don't know. I mean, my gut says Kansas City, but I think I'm going to go with the Bucks, and I think they'll cover. I'm probably going to place a bet on the Bucks.
0: Yeah, that's, I got, that's what I was leaning to too. I do like the
1: uh couple of these uh, no-brainer bets that FanDuel and DraftKings are giving you. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one so far. That's what, literally I've done it twice because they've had two of them. Over over 0.5 that the Wizards are gonna make a three-pointer in the game. I'm like, well, that's an easy ten dollar bet. It's gonna return yeah. 10, 20 bucks. They have one for the Super Bowl. Over half a touchdown. I'm like, duh. I mean, if it's three-nothing i deserve
0: to lose right it ain't gonna be three to nothing yeah some of those are fun yeah
1: i mean Which, it's it's they do it on purpose to get you some money in the game and that way you can kind of keep coming back to play it so right i mean we're gonna need it with our dollar bets yeah <laughs> they don't hit especially as we go especially as we got uh pebble coming up and uh the genesis
0: and then we got the east coast wing we're gonna need all the dollar bets we can get yeah we're gonna need some help so uh, what's your uh, go-to uh, snack or food item for Sunday? Uh, you got to look Ooh. forward to that.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that. Actually, I, A friend, I messaged a friend of mine. She She's putting the other little menu. She said she would share it. So she just sent it to me. Well, I'm, my goal is the patio is finished. And initially, nice. they were calling for snow on Sunday. Now it's supposed to be 50 degrees. So I'll, I think I'll be able to cook on the old Traeger. So I'm going to try this... Um, buffalo chicken dip and a cast iron on the grill so i'm kind nice. of excited about that um the wife's not a big wing eater but i might try to maybe figure out maybe to make some boneless ones um mm. i like it she makes pretty damn good queso but so i don't know if we do queso and the buffalo chicken dip but um I don't, i'm not sure what our main course might be yet I'm not really sure I haven't really made a costco run today but the meat selection was poor they just was a lot I, I gotta go early in the morning You can't go at five o'clock at night
0: because ah. it was picked thin <laughs> <laughs> that's a rookie mistake track right. man would be disappointed he would he's track man sitting there at probably 5 a.m yeah in line just waiting for his uh pork shoulder yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah i mean i like a good dip and chi- you know good chips um i do like some wings um i might try some wings on the grill we'll see um whether it be whether it be boneless or bone in so um i don't know i'm kind of excited we'll have two tvs fired up watching the super bowl rocking It'll just be just three of us or two of us jackson will probably watch a half and then go watch a movie in his room or something right <laughs> what about one. you
0: um i, I always like the buffalo chicken dip uh you know either uh i feel like uh the old Callie craig family usually makes that when we uh used to watch it with them or uh um or my wife makes it but Um, I think I might smoke some wings. I've I've smoked wings once and and they were pretty, pretty good. But I think I'm going to look up, uh, maybe hit up a little Meat Church uh, recipes and and see uh, how to get a good smoked wings going. Because I've kind of got my ribs down pretty well on the smoker and done a couple pork shoulders. I need to do some work on the pork shoulders. I'm getting a little better at that. But um, I think smoked wings because I love, I love me some, some wings and I'm um, not always a, a fan of smoked wings, but I want to do them well, and because I've had a couple uh, good set of smoked wings, and they're, they're pretty awesome.
1: When you do your ribs, do you like dry rub or wet?
0: Dry. Dry. Yes. Yeah, and then and man. then I do and then I do wet like right at the end, or I just keep it dry the whole time with a uh, so I do mustard on the outside of my dry rub, and then just baste them nonstop with butter and and apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. like, like once an hour. And then right when they come off, then I have just the, the sauce on the side. So um, so you can dip them if you like them wet. But um, usually usually with that marinade and, and uh, with basting them well, they usually do pretty well. I'm going to have to get you to send me that. I'm going to have to go with some, do some ribs instead of wings and some buffalo chicken dip. but We'll be good to go. My ribs are go-to right now. like it. I like it. <laughs> well, it was an awesome uh, chatter this week. Man, I, it was an awesome show. So everybody should enjoy that. Uh, just follow us on at shotgun Mulligan pod on, on Instagram. Uh, we'll have a video coming out shortly, uh, 1776. If you want some cheap golf balls that, uh, represent America, you know, come on, get you some golf balls. I'm happy to send you some, I'll even happy to send you some to try out. So, uh, cause I want some people trying them out. Um, follow us on Twitter, Mulligan sh- at Mulligan shotgun. Uh, it's going to be a good year stats. Uh, enjoy it every That's week. It. Good time catching up and, uh, Until next time, brother. Let's go. Let's go. Follow me at cc underscore stats on Instagram. Awesome, brother.
1: Take it easy. Good stuff.